Hello, and welcome to the Movie Trap. My name is Russell Carlson, and with me as always is my friend and co-host, Chris Boroff. I'm gonna get you, Goose. I'm gonna get you if it's the last thing I do. I don't remember <laughs> there was any other dialogue in the movie about the goose. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot of animals. Um, uh, and also, my friend and co-host, Zach Powers. I'm a star! <laughs> Yes, uh, welcome, and on the movie trap, uh, just to give you a little summary of what this uh, show is about, uh, the three hosts that you just met watch three movies based off a theme picked by another one of the hosts, uh, and then we then watch all the three movies, and then after that we are allowed to vote with an allocated amount of points, uh, and then whoever's host's movie wins the vote, that host gets to pick the next theme. Um, so we are in the middle of Chris Boroff's theme, um, due to the victory of, uh, shall we say, ill-begotten, uh, <laughs> uh, venture with, uh, so, s- significant uh, other. Um, I was, I was, uh, guilty right. of some, uh, right. No, I, I was, we, I, uh, think before we get too deep into it, small production note, uh, we are recording on the evening of July 2nd, Sunday, so if there is sound in the background <laughs> there's um, not gunfire <laughs> yeah uh, there there may be some firework ambience yeah. Yeah. going on in yeah. the background i've heard a couple around here today so just it's, as a, a, a heads up it went all yeah. night last night it's going all day today uh so yeah um yeah that's america yeah here we go um so yes uh, that is a good production note uh on everybody so uh, anyway, why we are here is because we are in the middle of Chris Borf's theme of horror movies that have been recommended to you that you have not seen. And previously on the movie trap, we watched uh, Significant Other, which was, you know, a thing. And then uh, it is now my choice, which is uh, 2022's Pearl, uh, directed by Ty West. T West, did we ever get that nailed down? Have anybody ever clarified I what think it's, it's pronounced? Ty, Okay. I'll go with Ty West. That's how it is. Sorry if you're listening, Ty, if, we, if we're mispronouncing it. Um, but that's the way it's going to be. So, um, as I said, uh, we all get amount of points. So there were some bonus points divvied out last episode before we get into the meat of Pearl, uh, to the mother of Pearl. Uh, let's go uh, with our points here. Chris Borth, you have 12 points for final voting and two bonus points to give out. Uh, I, Russell, have 10 points with two bonus points to give out. And Zach Powers, you have 11 points uh, with two bonus points to give out. So, with that in mind, Zach Powers, take her away. Uh, Not too far away. (laughs) Um, Pearl, uh, with the subtitle An Extraordinary Origin Story, um, is a uh, recent 2022 um, sort of horror kind of slasher film uh, directed by Ty West, as mentioned. It was co-written by West and its star, Mia Goth, who reprises her role from uh, X, which also came out the same year, 2022, only about six or seven months earlier. Um, I think they were filmed more or less concurrently uh, in the same location. Um it also features uh, David Corinsweat, who, uh, thanks to the timing of the recording of this episode, we'll probably talk about more than if uh, we had recorded a couple weeks ago. <laughs> uh, Tandy Wright, Matthew Suther- uh, Sutherland, uh, and some others. Um, basically, it is a prequel to X. If you saw X, it revolves around a uh, you know a farmhouse where a bunch of people go to shoot a porno. They end up getting killed. But where did this killer, an old woman, come from? Well, she has her own origin. Uh, X took taking place in the 1970s. This takes place in uh, 1918. Uh, World War One is on. The Spanish flu is going around. And Pearl lives in a farmhouse in Texas with her German parents. Uh, her stern mother and her father, who is... Uh, basically totally immobile and cannot speak as a result of his run-in with the Spanish flu while her husband is off uh, serving in World War One, which is nearing its end. Um, uh, so her mother uh, is kind of strict uh, with her uh, uh, 
forcing her to do chores, take care of her infirm father. Um, but Pearl uh, longs for a more exciting life. Uh, she thinks she can be uh, uh, a big deal star, uh, a major talent. Um, she wants to become uh, a chorus girl. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, but she also has a bit of a dark side. Um, revealed early while doing her chores for no particular reason. She kills a goose with a pitchfork and feeds it to a crocodile in the nearby lake. Um, uh, which is, starts is it a title. crocodile or an alligator? I think it's an alligator. Um, it's an alligator. Yeah. Uh, pro yeah, it's an alligator, I believe. Uh, I don't know. Um, but uh, one day, uh, uh, Pearl is sent off to pick up her father's morphine in town. And uh, whilst there, uh, decides to take in um, a movie. Um, afterwards, uh, she runs into the projectionist outside the theater uh, who invites her to... Uh, to come back if she's ever in the area saying he's kind of always there at the theater and can can play any movie uh, she wants to see um, she begins to head home after he gives her a frame from the movie he just saw, she just saw Parade Follies um, when she loses the frame she chases it into a nearby field and sees a scarecrow and uh, sort of has a daydream fantasy but it begins with her dancing with the scarecrow uh, and eventually making out with it where she sees a, a vision of the pro, uh, projectionist and screams out, I'm married, I'm married at it uh, before uh, caving in and sort of um, uh, humping the scarecrow and uh, masturbating using the scarecrow more or less. Um, and I'd like to just separately applaud Carlson for having to make powers describe this sequence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, but her, uh, her mother is angry about the missing money for the movie and, uh, she's punished by, uh, not having a, a supper. But the next day, uh, her sister-in-law, uh, Mitzi, uh, who's younger and wealthier, um, comes by and, uh, with her family and they bring, uh, sort of a, a roast pig. And Mitzi tells her that there is a uh, new, there is an audition in town the next day for dancers for a traveling, uh, a traveling performance troupe, um, which Pearl latches onto uh, immediately. Um, that night, uh, she sneaks out of her house and uh, visits the projectionist in town. Uh, he apparently lives there. He's a bit of a vagrant who blows from town to town, uh, living wherever he can. And he shows her uh, uh, a French porn film um, uh, and encourages her to pursue her dreams. Um, uh, and Pearl uh, is sort of, you know, she's at a, a crossroads. She says she can't just abandon her family, but also admits that she wishes they would die. Um, uh, I mean, her who mother, hasn't been there? Yeah. <laughs> and she returns home to find to hear her mother sobbing in the next room. Um, but the next day, uh, her mom finds a program from uh, the local theater um, and uh, uh, is, uh, you know, once again, uh, quite stern and angry with Pearl. Uh, she's reiterated it's not about um, getting what you want. It's about making do with what you have more or less. Um, and uh, uh, over dinner that night, uh, because of the program, an argument breaks out. Her mother expresses a bunch of disappointment in her, says that she knows Pearl will fail um, and that she feels that same sense of failure every time she looks at Pearl. This results in a pretty big, uh, you know, fight that ends with her mother accidentally getting lit on fire uh, by the kitchen hearth um, and uh, being very badly burned. So Pearl naturally uh, throws her in the basement uh, and uh, leaves her father immobile and frightened, seated at the kitchen table uh, and runs back to town where she has sex with the projectionist. Um, and the next morning, the projectionist drives her back to her home. 
so she can get ready for her audition. Uh, and uh, noticing the pig still outside, now infested with maggots, uh, uh, and meeting her father briefly, they go upstairs uh, to attempt to, uh, you know, fool around, but uh, a bunch of sounds uh, sort of make the projectionist increasingly uncertain, and uh, they eventually, she says that it's just the dog uh, in the cellar, um, and eventually they go down and she begins to show him around the farm, but he becomes unnerved with a lot of inconsistencies in her story, including the fact that she immediately forgets that she just said she had a dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, he uh, is unnerved and attempts to leave, um, but Pearl uh, becomes extremely upset by this, and as he is driving away in his car, stabs him to death with a pitchfork, um, uh, and shoves his car, uh, into the pond that has the alligator in it. Um, she dresses herself in one of her mother's gowns, which she has previously forbidden from doing, and, uh, uh, apologetically smothers her father to death, um, uh, before heading out to the audition. Uh, she meets Mitzi at the audition, uh, where she is determined to get the role, seeing it as her only way out of this place um she goes in uh performs in sort of a you know there's a, a sort of dream-esque sequence where there's a bunch of backing dancers and a backdrop and special effects for her performance um but uh she is immediately rejected for not being young or blonde or all-american enough uh and breaks down on stage in front of everybody while seeing visions of her burnt mother telling her uh that she has been rejected um Mitzi takes her home uh, to try and make her feel better. Um, once again, the pig's still on the porch. Uh, and, uh, you know, she says, uh, Pearl admits that it's not just the audition. She feels there's something wrong with her and she doesn't know how she would explain it to Howard. Mitzi offers to pretend to be Howard so she can uh, sort of get out how she feels, what she would say to Howard. And this... Uh, becomes a quite lengthy monologue, uh, one unbroken cut on Pearl, who uh, describes slowly like each sort of uh, transgression she's made, uh, how she feels bitter at Howard for leaving her at first, and then how she felt happy that she miscarried their child, and then that she was uh, she had an affair with a projectionist, and finally culminating in her. Uh, admitting to the three murders she had committed so far. Um, Mitzi is uh, understandably unnerved by this <laughs> and uh, attempts to make a gracious exit um, <laughs> when Pearl uh, says, uh, uh, you know, sort of tries to guilt her into admitting that Mitzi was the one they ultimately cast in the role. Uh, Mitzi uh, says that she was. It's sort of unclear if this is 100% the truth or if she's just trying to say what Pearl wants her to say. Regardless, as Mitzi is leaving, she chases her down with an axe and uh, kills her. Uh, then dismembers her and throws her uh, body uh, in the lake with the alligator. Um, uh, she goes down to the basement and lies with her mother, who was not immediately dead and tried to crawl up the cellar stairs, but eventually passed away. Um, and then arranges uh, her mother and her dad's corpse at the table with the rotting pig in the middle uh, and uh, uh, waits for Howard who comes home as the war is now over uh, he sees the sort of terrifying sight and Pearl is waiting for him with sort of a rictus grin <laughs> that she holds uh, for the entirety of the film's credits uh, and that is, that is Pearl. Yeah, it, it was extraordinary. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, uh, I, I, I quite like this film a bit considering that I was kind of more or less disappointed in X, um, mainly because I think I hyped it up to the sort of otherworldly dementia that is like the movie it's cribbing on which is texas chainsaw massacre so i was sort of expecting that and then when it was just like a horny naked old lady you know i i wasn't all that 
impressed or terrified or didn't feel that was particularly macabre. Uh, This one did deliver on that towards the end with that. However, um, I think X is straight up more of like a horror horror movie. You know, like this one, I think because if you've seen X, you kind of know where this is going. But Mm -hmm. if you didn't, you'd be kind of like, oh, holy shit. Um, It wouldn't necessarily be like scary you'd be more like oh god she's gonna do it again isn't she you know like and um so i don't know i i, I liked it uh um, different vibe from x and and maybe maybe that kind of served it that i didn't have uh, the, yeah. the hype and i think the... something that'll continue in the third movie maxine which follows the survivor from x as she sort of makes her way in hollywood more in the 80s right um, also played by mia goth also played by mia goth is that um you know each of the movies is very heavily influenced by a different period in film like the the scarecrow thing is like this weird homage to the wizard of oz and it's like kind of that era of movie like it's all very like bright technicolor kind of style and um whereas x obviously a little bit more like Grindhouse, Texas Chainsaw, but also the the kind of, you know, in the st- even the porn that they were making was very like uh, low budget, just going out somewhere with the camera and shooting this thing kind of style. Uh, I think I liked X more than you. Uh, it's uh, not, I mean, if you're expecting Texas Chainsaw, X is far more comedic than Texas mm. Chainsaw is. Mm. Um, so, and yeah. this is also got a lot of elements of, of comedy mixed sure. in so i think and I, I assume maxine will probably continue that tradition but um yeah uh did, yeah it's yeah did um it seemed kind of interesting trying to figure out like what the things it's mixing were like what the genre mixtures and things were because i immediately picked up on kind of what you were saying where it was like a wizard of oz thing i noticed the uh um they also had like a psycho thing, like when they actually Baby pushed Jane the car into the. Is what kind of yeah, came yeah. to me too. Um, yeah, um, the direct uh, uh, Ty West said that he he described it as sort of a Douglas Sirk style melodrama, um, but like a sort of deranged one. So he was also, I think, in some regards, ripping off of that style. For sure, um, especially like the the long monologue at the end for sure yeah, yeah it's, um, it seems like his stuff might like have you guys seen a lot of other uh, uh ty west movies uh yeah i've seen let me look up his filmography to get an idea i think i think he did innkeepers he i've did seen a innkeepers well. i've seen innkeepers and i've seen house of the devil uh which stars greta gerwig in a small role um uh, gets shot yeah she does get shot <laughs> that one is uh probably his most like straight up intense like dark movie um and yeah i've seen innkeepers which is like a sp- spooky ghost hotel situation yeah it seems like most of his stuff is sort of like uh homages to different styles like he even did a spaghetti western in there at one point too um mm-hmm. where they all kind of have that odd thing but i noticed sort of to what you were saying in this one carlson like um in x like that it, it was a straightforward horror film but they also had moments of like really strange choices in terms of empathy for like who the Hmm. character or who the writer decided to like describe like i did not have in any of the films an expectation that i would see like an octogenarian couple trying and failing to have sex i didn't Hmm. expect that in x that was an odd Mm -hmm. sequence it was separately a horror sequence but almost a comedically handled horror sequence but even like hmm. other weird things where it's just strange uh, character development that I wouldn't expect, like the boyfriend who starts crying and decides to leave. Like he he clearly gets in over his head talking his girlfriend or tried to talk his girlfriend out of being in the movie that they're making and that she winds up being in the movie anyway. And then he cries about it, which is just sort of an odd thing to see as a scene. Like usually if you see something like that, there's no moment of uh, pathos. It's just... I'm angry, I'm leaving, and then the guy gets killed very quickly. So it was sort of strange mm-hmm. how much focus was uh, given to just the 
empathizing with the characters in an odd way rather than like seeing them as just the stereotypes they'd normally be so that was the one thing that kind of jumped out at me it seemed like he was doing more than that i don't know if you agree yeah. with that or not no no i i do agree with that because even in x we're moved of 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 pearl you do kind of empathize with pearl and and harold a little bit because they're just kind of uh, off howard. in their own world howard excuse me um they're uh you know like i i sort of think that you you do kind of there is a humanity inside of pearl even when she's this like kind of psychotic monster in x um so that's why you know like i i this it's it's kind of like this movie's more like a companion than a sequel, you know? Like, it, it's more like a companion piece to, like, um, you know, like, it, it. you could watch this movie separately, I, I really do think, and I do think you'll probably be more rewarded by the sort of, you know, psychopathy that happens at the end of it. Um, whereas when you see this, knowing what happens in X, there's a lot of things that you're just like, oh, now I get it. You know, like it, it, there's a, there's a certain context that I think is, is hard to do with movies that are, tend to be companion pieces that this one can stand alone in its own right. And I think it is because of the, such a stylistic U-turn, uh, into, yeah, the more melodrama Douglas Sirk fucking, you know, baby Jane sort of stuff. Um, th whereas that's more the vibe in this one, like psycho and stuff. In fact, like I read that. Uh, originally he wanted this done in black and white and and when I was when I think about that I, I agree why he would um, but I'm kind of glad he didn't um, because it the especially the scene where Pearl uh, kills Mitzi um, that scene where she's in this very obvious red dress you know and there's just this long dolly shot of her coming down and you know that like Pearl's like, she ain't gonna let you walk out of here. No way, this is not happening. Um, and the way that kind of builds up to that is almost funny, but that is like a very distinct moment of dread that I felt uh, while watching this movie. And I thought it was pretty well done. And I don't think it would be, I don't think you'd get that kind of vibrancy if it was in black and white. I think having that kind of very greens and browns and then this just speck of red kind of in the distance and then coming at you as the shot can and the scene I think, uh, I think that serves throughout the movie there's some like really interesting shots of like when she's riding her bike back and there's like the sort of illuminated fog over the cornfield and like some of the dance sequences even even the colors in the town are so bright mm -hmm. um yeah i think that the technicolor was a a good uh, a good choice for this movie yeah, I think it was a wise shift. Um, and that's, you know, I think that that's, that, that shows a uh, capability of a filmmaker where you have an idea, but you're not entirely married to it. But, you know, like, so a lot of his films are like homages of things. Are we talking like, you know, it, it, Coen brother Tarantino world where it's kind of winking at the camera a little bit, like letting you know it's kind of a movie. Um, I think there's some of that in this with the musical rendition, you know, mm -hmm. what I, what I liked about that real quick and then I'll, I'll move on. But like, I think the musical rendition in the background, it's all the like stock footage of world war one or whatever. It's like all this war shit. The soldiers are dancing. It's and like stuff. a stage production. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and you know, in the, it's kind of predates film of that era. I mean, film looking like that wasn't until like the thirties and forties, um, but still it, it served its purpose of kind of Pearl's madness. And what I liked about it is that everybody's jaunty and happy while it's like a wartime thing. Um, I thought that was an interesting juxtaposition. Um, sorry, you just didn't mention it in the summary. So I thought I'd get that up anyway. Um, yeah, yeah I thought wise choice, but anyway, back when I was saying, do you think this is more like, uh, when, when, when directors do homages to films, um, where where do you draw that threshold of tolerability? Is what I want to ask. I'll, I'll let uh, I'll let Powers go first. Uh, I don't know. I mean, compared to something like uh, Hail Caesar or something, this is such a different type of homage, I guess. Because I mean, for one thing, Barton Fink or Hail Caesar, so much of that is like it's about the mechanisms of Hollywood at the time. It's not just about the style of what the final product looked like. And this is, 
largely divorced from that. There's like some stuff about auditioning and, and casting and things like that, but, but it is largely just like a stylistic, uh, uh, throwback or reference so it feel it doesn't feel quite a piece to like the way the coen brothers or somebody like that would uh, do it maybe closer to tarantino because he is a little bit more uh involved with just like replicating the visual look of, of certain things um i don't think this overstepped those bounds i mean uh you know i mean i think I when it becomes too hyper specific on like film like maybe a specific uh film or film scene that they just you know almost overly directly recreate maybe sometimes that can cross the threshold but even the you know the scarecrow is like an uncanny valley looking figure and it's like it it brings to mind wizard of oz but it's not too too like uh you know on the nose about it um I'd kind of agree with that. I think um, for me, I usually have, uh, I, I like some homages. However, when you get pushed into like the Kill Bill level of homage, where it's the storyline hmm. itself seems almost secondary to the homages being made. I kind of hate that because that's, that seems um, kind of rote and dull a little bit. Like I'd rather see something where the, a new story is going to be told or something like that. Um, like for example, uh, using Tarantino, I did not like uh, Kill Bill, um, either of them very much, but I did like uh, Jackie Brown quite a bit. And it's because Jackie Brown actually felt like a movie from the 70s without taking time to point out that it was supposed to feel like a movie from the 70s, um, which I appreciated. Um, also helped it was from a book, too. Yeah, it, yeah, and he didn't write it himself. Yeah. Uh, just another thing. Yeah. Um, about this movie, I'm assuming you guys are already aware of like how Pearl came about, right? That it was a COVID uh, break from shooting X. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. That that like that's sort of the legend of the film is that like you know while they were shooting X, there was a COVID quarantine, and you know Ty and Mia kind of came up with the backstory of Pearl because in X, Mia Goth plays both Pearl and Maxine, like the the only survivor of X. So apparently they had a, that's where they kind of came up with this and A24 said, sounds good. And, and, and went on with it. Um, and that's why yeah. I, but even without that, due to like the flu being kind of like a, a an underpinning of this movie, I, I noticed that happened a lot post COVID, you know, like that we would talk about this era. Like it seemed like a lot of stories are very eager to kind of jump on this specific era right after COVID. Yeah. Um, I just think that, 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 that makes sense, you know? Yeah, I mean, people were pretty obsessed with it. I remember, like, starkly, like, they just kept, for some reason, for like a, well, not for some reason, literally just because of COVID, for like a year afterwards, whenever someone would do a short science fiction thing they threw on YouTube, it would always be something where people are wearing masks or people are having to take their temperatures before doing something. And I it was like, yes, I get that this is what you're doing right now. I assume in the future it might not be this way anymore, but no one knew. So they just decided to throw it in as like, it's such a dystopian future. It's like now, but after now. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but, and I guess at least acknowledging that this has happened before and you didn't have people hmm. like saying vaccines kill you or whatever. I mean, I'm sure you did, but. I mean, not as here, many, here, maybe. Yeah. Here's a question: Do you do you guys think the story works? Because that was something that surprised me. Like the fact that Pearl was essentially an add-on movie that happened during another movie, but uh, I don't know. Do you guys think that it shows signs of being something that was written in that period, or do you think that it would stand on its own properly? Like, you not know, it's especially like I don't think this like the main way the Spanish flu interacts with the movie is like it. It's what made her father sort of infirm and, and paralyzed, mm. but it doesn't feel like it, it doesn't feel like it's overly obsessed with, with that or with world war one, really like it's, you know, it's about this girl whose whole world is like this farmhouse basically. And, you know, I, I think it works uh, pretty well. I think a lot of that is also down to like, you know, uh, Mia Goth like really goes for it in this movie like she has a number of scenes that are like you know she really nails that are like tricky scenes like long shot tricky scenes that she you know she does uh, 
like the end even just the ending with like this call me mm-hmm. by your name but fucking psychotic <laughs> sort of thing going on yeah i haven't seen call me by your name but i'm assuming it ends a similar way <laughs> it ends with timothy chalamet like looking into a fire and crying about his lost love but it's very earnest and serious and he's not he doesn't have like a psychotic smile on his face obviously S- it sounds like i might like this background. one better than that <laughs> uh, i yeah i cannot possibly agree with you more uh, about Mia Goth in this movie. She absolutely was transcendent. I mean, I thought that she was breathtakingly good. Um, and I think that's why this movie works, Borif, to answer your question. Uh, that she, considering that this movie, yes, is just basically, like I said, a compendium of like, you know, it's the Cimmerillion of X. You know, it's this is how we got here. Um, I thought it worked quite well. Um, and and it, but even to kind of push back on on the sort of anxieties of World War One and and the flu and stuff, part of me does kind of get that in the sense of how it kind of reflects COVID is that she is kind of locked down on this farm and trapped and and you know you can't go anywhere and and this movie is more or less like the perils of uh, escapism and fame, um, especially when you mit- mistake those two things as positive affection um you know like so that that in the end i think is what kind of makes this movie work uh and if anything kind of gives you more color to the monster that was in x uh so in that respect i think that uh yeah i think it works pretty well actually and it helps that again the divergence of style between x and pearl serves it very well um, and makes you excited for the third one, considering 85 Hollywood, you know, yeah. nothing scary about that, you know. Well, the, the 85 <laughs> in Hollywood, it's probably going to be a lot about Reagan, maybe AIDS. We'll see mm. what happens. Um, mm. It seems mm. very strange because it's like, I also wonder, like, just what, like doing this twice, like making a solid horror film or horror related film twice is tricky. Uh, doing a third one. I kind of wonder where they're going to end up going because uh, it's yeah, like uh, you don't you don't have Pearl anymore. She's passed away. Well, you don't even have the farm. And yeah, but you know, I mean, obviously I assume they'll lean more into the trappings of what horror movies were in the 1980s. Um, maybe even a little bit like action movie. It looks a little gritty based on what I've seen, Little, which is very little. Um, but it's like Maxine with three big X's in the middle, you know, and kind of like a metal font for the logo. So... Uh, I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm definitely, I mean, uh, I hope it works and I'm definitely going, planning to check it out. So, you know. Yeah. Oh, he uh, certainly earned the benefit of the doubt. You know, like I, I think he, you know, Boris, right. Like one, two, sure. But doing three, that's rough. Um, trilogies typically um, don't work out. And it's, uh, it is in an interesting genre. trilogy, I think, or going to be because, uh, I mean, Pearl dies in X. Um, and so, like, there's this weird handing of the baton in that movie from one central character to another, which is a very interesting format for a trilogy. I can't really think of anything else that, yeah. especially something that was like this plan that uh, that does does that. So, I don't know, maybe Godfather? Like, I think there's, like, an attempt at a but, handing uh, off. But, uh, yeah, but it's Al Pacino's in all three. Like, yeah, yeah. Know, Michael Corleone is pretty much the main dude. Well, Mia Goth will be in all three, too. But I understand but how not it's, the same it's significantly different. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, well, these three I, films I sort of are going to be based off, like, how if Mia Goth continues to be as charismatic as she has been in the previous two, I can't imagine she would stop. But I don't know. Did you guys discover her through this? Or did you guys find, like, did how did you guys hear about Mia Goth? I'd only uh, seen X and yeah. So pretty much. Yeah. I, I this, okay. Oh it no, is kind I've of funny seen when you get this actor. No, no, no. I'd seen her before. Uh, I've seen her in a couple things. The 2018 Suspiria she's in. That's the one I knew. Oh, and, uh, the 2020 version of Emma, um, the Jane Austen book. She mm-hmm. plays Anya Taylor joys, best friend. If you need a frame of reference for who this character is, um, so Clueless is a retelling of Emma, if you don't know that. The Brittany Murphy role is the one Mia Goth plays in wow. Emma. Yeah. But okay, the friend, so the I friend have foil. seen that, but I totally The sort of ditzy that. friend who's like new to this society and she takes right. her under her wing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I, I, hmm. I did see that uh, Anna Taylor-Joy Emma, but I totally forgot that Mia Goth was that character. Uh, yeah, I'd, so, I'd seen Suspiria. I also saw like Infinity Pool like a couple weeks ago or months ago. I can't remember. Time is strange. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'd uh, seen her in those two. I was just very surprised because it seems like whenever they talk to her outside of the film she doing uh, or she's doing, she seems pretty, you know, a little bit down to earth in the interviews. She seems like a working actor, like a normal person. It's just funny to me that, you know, yeah. similar to... Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, like she's just become like the it girl for horror right now. And she's in her so and, much stuff. It's her and uh, her co-star in um, X, Jenna Ortega, are kind of like the, oh, big, yeah. the big horror, like scream queens of the moment. Yeah. Well, she went off and she's Jenna Ortega is now doing uh, um, Wednesday. So yeah, I'm kind she's of got wondering... roped in with Burton. She's in. She's yeah. gonna be in Beetlejuice too, apparently, as Lydia. Yeah, well, I mean, she's one of the main people in like the new sort of Scream era. Um, so, yeah. So here's a question: you uh, you briefly mentioned this in the intro, and then no one picked up the the baton on it. Uh, how strange is it going to be to see the uh, um, projectionist as Superman? <laughs> Because he seems now. A that's somebody. That's somebody I had never encountered prior to watching this. Uh, David Cornsweet. I know he's been in some other stuff. It's stuff I didn't watch. I think he maybe was in yeah. House of Cards or something. I didn't watch that shit. Hmm. Um, I, didn't, I didn't remember him from that. I me yeah. neither. I don't know. Uh, I looked yeah, him until up. It was unwatchable. <laughs> yeah. Well. It, yeah. Yeah. There were yeah. there the were British problems. Version's very good. Uh, there were a few problems. Just a, a, a brief a brief issue with the lead star. We, yes. I haven't seen, I haven't seen, uh, we own this city yet. Apparently, apparently he's in that. Um, but we're uh, still recording. That was just one thing that stopped. I think we're okay. Let okay. me double check. Okay. Give me, give me, give me the file. I need to be able to see how much file space we got left. Don't kill me. Don't crash. Oh, I need to. Give me a second. <laughs> Gonna delete something. Wayne Knight's gonna show up. Ha ha ha! You didn't say the magic word. Ha ha ha! You didn't say the magic word. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nah, it's it was just uh, a sudden need for a lot of space that uh, came up. So just have to empty that. Sorry. Uh, we will obviously cut this chunk out as I'm clearing hard drive space so that we can keep talking about. <laughs> Such a thrill. Such a thrill. <laughs> um, okay. Um, what day is it today? Is it the 30? It is 30. Okay, so that is the old one. I'm going to delete the old one. Good. Okay. Sorry about that. I think we're back to safety. We can keep going. Uh, so I'll just continue with what I was saying. Uh, apparently, he was also in We Own This City, which I haven't gotten around to yet. Um, what character did he play in that? Because I did see uh, that. Based on the Wikipedia, he plays a member of Maryland law enforcement named okay. David McDougal, a okay. veteran investigator with Harford County Narcotics yep. okay. Task Force. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Good show, by the way. If you like The Wire, that's really up your alley. Really bleak. Uh, you know, real happy endings. But um, I, I, yeah. Superman does seem like a big step up for this guy's career. Uh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. James, uh, and, James Gunn has kudos. been doing some incredibly strange casting lately. Or it's like, I shouldn't say strange. It's just been like, he keeps finding like completely unknown actors or mostly unknown actors and then putting them into lead spots. So it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. He goes for the, he doesn't go for the obvious choice, you know, and, and to pick a relative unknown to play, you know, the guy uh bold you know very bold uh but that's typically you know most supermans get kind of plucked out of nowhere um you know like henry cavell didn't do much and i, I can't imagine brandon roth did much before or since um so i like, I, I would go so, i would go so far as to say potentially that ended brandon roth's career yeah um, more or less doing that um, yeah more or less um and then yeah henry cavell's gonna go play dungeons and dragons or whatever um so like he uh so yeah, good for him. Uh, and he was good in this one. It's kind of like a guy that you can tell almost immediately wanted out of the situation, <laughs> like almost immediately. And uh, for Pearl to not catch on that to, until it's far too late um, 
is is builds on to like I said, it's once that happens, you're like, oh, buddy, this is not going to go well for you, homie. Like, this is not well, going to go I well. I mean, you, you, you kind of, I don't know if you guys felt this, but I immediately was like, something's going to go wrong with this guy because he's just, like, introducing himself as a bohemian. Uh, seems like he's kind of yeah. gone on the make. He's showing a young lady seems poor. Like seems like a misdirect. Yeah, it seems yeah. like that's an intentional misdirect where you think this guy's the trouble or, like, going to be the mm-hmm. cause of, like, all this you know horrible shit going down and no pearl's the one who all along was was the one you need to watch out for yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah which i said um which you know again i think that this movie could have made it more problematic uh with pearl being that if you'd seen x and you know this is a sequel to x you kind of know where pearl is going to end up um but I think that this movie more or less overcomes those hurdles uh, pretty handily, partially because of Mia Goth's pretty mesmerizing performance. And partially, yeah, because like you sort of think there's a path out and each path out gets ripped away from her. And knowing what you know about X, you're like, well, that ain't good. Um, so it still made it fun to write. And the way it's kind of presented to you is still entertaining. So uh, I, I thought, you know... If so, where where do you guys kind of compare the two between X and I know Zach kind of said he kind of prefers X a little bit more to Pearl. What about you, Boris? Where do where do you kind of land? Because I think I kind of land. I I think I prefer Pearl a little bit more than X. Uh, but I'm not the biggest kind of horror movie guy. I do think Pearl is more unique than X. But uh, I, you know, I was. When I was a teen, like slashers were like my thing for so long. There's something about a more traditional slasher formula that uh, feels like home to me a little bit. I guess. <laughs> Got it. Sure. Um, you know, I'll say I think I'm actually going to say that I think I liked Pearl a little more, but not because X wasn't really good. I think the thing is, is that I knew where X was going and I had no idea where Pearl was going. So I just paid more attention when Pearl was happening because with X, pretty much it... it it surprised me with character choices, but the overall arc of people dying, I kind of was like, mm. okay, I see what's going to happen. Yeah. We're going to have a final girl. We're going to have a whole lot of death. Yada, 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 yada. But with Pearl, uh, I had no idea where it was going, except for the fact that two characters I knew would be alive by the end, Pearl and her husband. Those are the <laughs> only two that I knew would make it. Uh, I appreciated that the husband didn't show up until the end, so it didn't like annoy me with like, having me deal with like multiple characters that I know are going to make it through the entire thing. Um, at the same time, it would have been interesting to see a, a little bit more with the husband, just cause he seems a little pragmatic to the point of psychopathy in mm. X. Uh, mm-hmm. and he doesn't seem quite, uh, that in the first one from the brief scene, he walks in and looks completely shocked. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where it sits for me. I don't know how. How do you? I think you guys said, said it. You prefer. I, uh, you prefer. I think Pearl? I. Well, I I think I kind of concur with Zach here. I think like as a horror movie, I think I prefer X more because yeah, I think it's much more of like the thrill ride you're kind of looking for. I think this one was more interesting, um, because of. Well, you know when the violence does happen. Um, like, especially with mom, like you could tell that there was brewing and brewing and brewing and brewing. And once it hits its apex and then she goes to the projectionist and you sort of think that, okay, maybe this is a way. And then no, no, she's just going to. So, and then to, to about Howard, you know, I, I do kind of like that, you know, he only gets like what, like three lines of like, you know, that's Mm -hmm. it. Um, and you don't even see the reaction to, uh, that creepy final shot of Pearl. Um, I that I think considering that you have X there, I don't really need to know. I think uh, the probably the circumstances of X have happened before. I'm willing to bet uh, between the 1920s and the 1970s. I'm willing to bet it's happened before. Uh, so maybe his sort of like uh, I don't know. I, I guess tolerance of Pearl, or rather more like a guardian of Pearl. It's like, he's got a rabid dog. So he just kind of keeps her in a chain and just kind of keeps her locked up and chases away people. But you know, 
production company is going to pay me a couple hundred bucks, so I got to take it, you know? Yeah. yeah. She seems like she definitely has some uh, functional issues in terms of uh, basic comprehension of reality at times, which is interesting. Uh, don't quite know how that would work with an actual character, but it is very scary when you meet someone who doesn't have the ability to track their own lies well, within, like, saying that a dog and then forgetting that a dog exists moments later. It's a little disturbing when that happens. Yeah, she clearly has, like... Uh she sees things and has like these sort of hallucinations and stuff occasionally. Um, but uh, borrowed observation from a friend of mine is that um, Pearl has more or less the exact same plot and uh, trappings of an older film style uh, over a modern movie as the Joker movie. Ha! <laughs> um, Ah. Literally a guy trying to go on stage. Uh, he's got mental problems. Uh, an overbearing mother uh, goes on stage, wow. fails miserably, uh, and becomes violent as a result of a you know societal <laughs> pressure. The end, he has a big confession and kills somebody afterwards. And it's all in the style of an older style of film. <laughs> That's weird. I haven't seen that movie yet. I've been kind of refusing to mildly. Uh, oh, Andy also has breaks from reality. Is hmm. it worth going and seeing the Joker? I would say it's worth it for Walking Phoenix's performance and end of list and the soundtrack yeah. rules. I like the soundtrack quite a bit. Um, yeah, he's the score. Yeah, Walking Phoenix is, is does a good job with it. I'm curious about the sequel. That's a musical I with Lady Gaga. Am not curious about it. I am very not curious about it. I'm sure it'll be. Yeah, can't wait. It'll be Sweeney Todd. Um, like yeah, I I don't know. I. I, think that's I'm, I, I will say that I am curious because whenever I hear of something that is such an extreme choice, I'm always interested that's, to see yeah. where it goes, what comes out. Such like, a different tone, like choice from the yeah. first one. Right. Like that yeah, did really well. Like that's interesting to me. Yeah. yeah. And then, and, and then, I mean, then this time, I mean, they're paying Joaquin Phoenix, like a, a bag, you know, he's getting a bag of cash for this movie. Um, which, cause I get, because watching the first movie, the, the sheer physicality that he put himself through, uh, you can't do that. Uh, no. and it also made like long, a billion dollars. So. That also helps. Yeah. yeah. That also helps. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I also think that unlike, I think the Joker movie is sort of drew too much of attention of the movies it was cribbing instead of this one. Um, like, I didn't even catch the Scarecrow bit with The Wizard of Oz until you brought it up just now. But now I'm thinking, okay, that makes sense. Whereas in, in Joker, like, it's Taxi Driver. It's the King of Comedy. It's... it's. it's they even got Street, Robert De Niro you know, showing up in there. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, it's... Yeah. Um, so, it, whichever. It's fine. I, my problem with the Joker, Borf, is that you probably could have seen that movie and it not be called the Joker and it would have been a fine movie. But the, because they try to shoehorn the Batman lore into it, uh, that's where you're going to roll your eyes, like, a lot. Um, especially because, like, Batman's, like, eight... I never understood that. Um, yeah, it's very you, strange. And yeah. it's, did did they know. have him show up in the movie? Oh yeah. Is it like a? Yeah, oh, yeah. He's a little. Kid. He's a plot point. He's a uh, plot his point. his dad Thomas Wayne is a character more so than him. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I like Pearl like, more than I like the Joker. It's and definitely Pearl's not going to okay. get nominated for. And shit. it's a very different type. Like, it's a different. It's not like any other version of the character of the Joker that I've ever seen. <laughs> it's true. All right. It's true. Yeah. Uh, I might give so, it a shot at some point. Seems odd. I'll, I'll say, I'll say again, Pearl was, uh, I think a far more better and, and, uh, cheaper and less cast. Like, you know, like nobody was in this movie. You could tell this movie was kind of a COVID movie, right? It's all outside. You know, everybody is like outside and very, you know, spaced out, you know, you can kind of tell, um, which mm -hmm. is, you know, I, I get it. You know, you got to do what you got to do, but good job. I didn't notice until if somebody told me oh, this was a COVID movie, you'd be like, oh, well, I get it now. Um, so, yeah, good job. Um, and uh, again, utilizing the, this didn't get a very big budget, but they really did squeeze every dollar they could for the set design and making it feel like a time period piece because that's not always cheap to, to make a period piece, uh, even if it is in a sort of isolated locale like this is supposed to be uh still not cheap so uh well done well done indeed well good production value very well done mm -hmm. um, all right well it sounds uh, like we might be to final thoughts there it seems uh yeah the train kind of <laughs> sure. coming into station sure uh, cool. i'm ready for that if you guys are yeah for sure yeah. 
Uh, okay, uh, I'll go random here. Uh, Borif, you go first. <laughs> I, well, I mean, my final thoughts on it are that um, it's definitely an interesting little movie. Um, I'm going to be curious how this one ages, uh, because in like 10 years, um, it will it be a movie that I think of on its own, or is it something that will always be, oh yeah, that was also part of the X thing. Um, it's uh, definitely worth seeing. I think it's a reasonably breezy view. It didn't uh, make me particularly uh, wait for anything to occur. Like it, it generally like played out its moments very quickly and got to the point. And uh, yeah, if you're into horror and if you're into the character of Mia Goth playing Pearl, then yeah, this is something you'd probably want to watch. Okay, um, Zach, why don't you go and then I'll wrap it up and then you can tell us your movie. Uh, yeah, I think Pearl is uh, an, a really strong, um, you know, uh, especially for one that was sort of not immediately, like, clearly, like, I think they, I mean, they must have come up with this idea and put it together relatively quickly and I think it came out really well. I think, like, stylistic choices are great there's a lot of really memorable cinematography in this thing that looks uh really good in my opinion um the performances are strong in particular mia goth is uh like really really exceptional like that long monologue and the ending shot both like really great really great stuff um i think that uh yeah they 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 it's less of a straight horror movie than X, but I think the blending of genres and like the, the tone and, 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 and tones and stuff is really well executed. It's never jarring. And, uh, one thing I will say, uh, in some regards, I actually think that, um, uh, so my girlfriend really enjoys Pearl a lot. She has a Pearl shirt. She wears sometimes. Uh, I think this movie also has a special appeal uh, to women based on some of the responses I've seen. I think like young women, women in general, like uh, uh, have this uh, a, a, a strong response to Pearl because I think there is something about like, uh, you know, the limited options afforded to women and, and accepting of stations and that kind of thing that that is uh, a little more resonant than that we maybe didn't discuss in our, our conversation because... We're uh, tragically all <laughs> cis straight white men yes, uh, and shouldn't be doing a podcast for that reason. But um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Pearl's uh, really solid. I'm excited to see how they conclude this uh, trilogy. I hope they uh, I hope they land it uh, because I think it'll be like a really if they do, I think it'll be just a really unique little neat little trilogy that. Uh, that just kind of exists in its own little bubble, uh, does its own unique thing, and I think it's a, it'll be a really could be a really unique set of movies. Um, yeah, I I I I concur uh, as well. Um, uh, yeah, I think that if if you didn't really particularly care for X, I suggest you watch Pearl uh, because. For some reason, watching Pearl made me like X a little bit more and kind of understand of where this all was going with what's at, you know, the root of Pearl, um, which is, you know, like fame and escapism and uh, not going to take it anymore. Um, so I appreciated that a lot. And I think that because even in X, Mia Goth is pay, playing double duty as victim and monster. Uh, it was kind of refreshing just for her to sink into one role um, and absolutely knock it out of the park. Um, I don't think there's any debate about that. I think that she does a lot of heavy lifting in this movie and doesn't even break a sweat. Uh, like you said, that 17 monologue was you're enraptured by it. And that is tough to do um, for one shot. I mean, that's that's really hard to do but even the smile um because what makes that smile so creepy and it's i think it's brilliant move on west's part to sort of leave that as the crystallizing image um that you could see how this turns from it almost hurts her 
to kind of keep the smile going. You can see the pain and the distress in her eyes as she maintains that look. And it happens over a, it's a very slow moving car wreck. Um, very hard to do. And, and I, I very much respect that. Um, that being said, you know, I, I, I like that this movie was sort of in its own pocket and it is another one of like the sort of many bells in A24's bonnet that, you know, they keep coming out with the sort of, you know, very much different style of horror movies while still kind of being horror movies and being what you kind of watch them for anyway. Um, so on that note, uh, resounding success. I'm glad it was recommended to me because, like I said, I think the recommendation was apt that if you didn't like X, check out Pearl. You might like X a little bit more. And I, at least in my case, found that to be true. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give Zach a point real quick for bringing up the, the female interest in this because I think that that's very, very true um, because it is a topic that is constantly put on because especially when you contrast her mother to Pearl – um, where her mother is very Protestant and very, you know, like, were uh, anything outside of work is immoral, um, you know. So it's almost Calvinist. It's, yeah, yeah. So like that's and that I think was a useful sort of character dynamic and sort of you could understand why anybody would fucking or, snap. Or in that. some regards, the projectionist who you know Pearl's so desperate to escape and his life is I just go wherever find a job and live there yeah right yeah right but even mitzi you know like she's Mm -hmm. kind of as star obsessed and you know looking for an escape route out of this town as well i didn't feel like that was cartoonish i didn't feel like she was like your typical sort of like southern bell sort of like oh i can't wait for you to get killed sort of thing um Mm -hmm. so i'll give you a point for that one zach because i thought that was i we we didn't talk about it and uh but i did i did think it should be underlined I should have had ladies on. Yeah, I know. Sorry, guys. Um, we could, you know, <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that concludes Pearl. Um, so uh, uh, only one point was given out, and that was by me to Zach Powers for bringing up the women. Uh, so, yeah, that was fun. So, uh, Zach, you have 12 points for final voting. Chris, you have 12 points for final voting with two bonus points. Zach, you have two bonus points as well. I have one bonus point with 10 points for final voting. Um, okay, so that brings us to movie number three and Chris Borf's theme of uh, movies that were recommended to you that you have not seen. And Zach Powers, take it away. Specifically in the horror genre, if I'm not mistaken. Specifically. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so here's, this is one uh, I've heard about for a long time. I have never gotten around to it. Um, like Pearl, I have a suspicion it's like not strict horror but i think it is horror enough to qualify here um it's uh 1981's possession which i have never gotten around to seeing uh but uh i have heard recommended to me before never seen it uh and uh yeah so uh that that's what i'll go with uh i have a feeling this is gonna be a black cup of coffee I think it's fun that we're doing the 80s. Uh, I think this that's is, awesome. This is, Sam, I, this is the Sam Neill, Isabella Ajani film, right? Yes. Okay. We are in for a time. Okay. I have not seen this. So, like I said, I'm sort of happy that we're kind of getting out of, uh, you know, COVID <laughs> um, to yeah. go back to the 1980s at least. So, uh, I have never seen this. So, But Sam Neill rocks. I'm all about that. I haven't seen it either. I have heard of it talked about a lot, but it's one of those films where it's much like how you've probably heard it. People always talk about how crazy it is, how wild it is, how you should see it, but it always has seemed like a tall order to actually take out the time to see it. So I look forward to actually doing that this time and seeing what it's about. All right. So we're talking for an extra pot of coffee then. Um, All righty. Well, that will be fun. So uh, thank you everyone for joining us. And uh, yep. You know, we're rolling out the episodes as we get on, but life be busy and we just do what we can because we do this for fun, not for money, Um, obviously. Uh, So uh, with that in mind, join us next time for 1981's Possession to round out uh, Chris Borff's theme of horror movies we have been recommended to but have not seen. Uh, Thank you for joining us in the movie trap. My name is Russell Carlson and I have been joined by Chris Borff. I don't remember any of the lines from the movie all of a sudden. (laughs) Well, you only get the one take. You're moving on. 
All right, free, and I've free, also, free, you can watch the rest of the movie for free. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, and I've also been joined by Zach Powers. Uh, scolding in German. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> Surprised we didn't even bring up the alligator's name is Theta. Um, it is Theta. You know, yeah. yeah. Theta. Yeah. Theta. Theta. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you once again. And as we always say here on the movie trap, Diane Ladd is too young to play Chevy Chase's mom. Movie trap promise. It's a movie trap promise. Yep. Uh, yep. Theta probably named for the silent film star. <laughs> Definitely. All right. We'll see you guys. May I have this dance? <laughs> <laughs>